one. Welcome back to the show, everybody. It's a Monday, which means only one thing. It's the Monday mashup here on the Upper Tier Podcast out there on YouTube. Head over there, drop your little support over there, subscribe, bell notification, share, like, all that good stuff. Joining me tonight for the mashup, we have Ian from Dynamo's Dozen. How are we doing, Ian? The Wolfpack is back, lads. The Wolfpack is back. Oh, <laughs> and also join me back from it, and I'd say a mini hiatus, just a mini hiatus. The Dazzler, how are we, Darren? This week's mashup is brought to you by Jameson for all <laughs> the outlaws in your lives. <laughs> when we say mashup this week, it's because we are going to get mashed fucking up. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> let's let, let's just say if you want to contact the show, it's the upper tier podcast at gmail.com. Audio how shows, do I get Samaritans? Does anyone know how I get Samaritans? Do I ring? Pretty much you can use the same email because we look after people on all sorts of levels, so it's all good. Okay, cool. <laughs> Mainly ourselves. <laughs> let's uh let's take a quick rundown through the weekend's results. Um sparse enough the fixtures were but we go down through them anyway Friday night started off an absolute belt our Wolves 2 leads 3 in the, in the least kind of Benjamin Mendy way we could touch on the FA Cup as well couldn't we <laughs> <laughs> we could um, Wolves 2 leads 3 Darren great game great game I have to say Um was was that not the most mental game of football you've seen in a long time? Yeah, and you know something? From about 20 minutes out, I never felt like Leeds were going to lose. I only felt like Leeds were going to win. It had it that leapsy kind of feeling, yeah. didn't it? And it was mental. From start to finish, like, it was just... It was like a game of basketball. It was like, you know, we'll have a Troy score and you guys have a Troy score and we'll just keep going and going and going. And you were like, Jesus. Yeah. But and I had everything, like... Yeah, it was kind of fitting as well that Ailing got the the uh, the winner as well, didn't he? Because he ran his absolute socks off all game, basically, you know. So and he hit the inside of the post earlier on. I don't know if you if you've seen the freeze frame on him. Did anyone see the freeze frame of his face as he took the uh, the first shot? Right, he he remembered the little half while he took it with the inside or the outside of his right peg that struck the post and come back across in the whole shoot match. But as he did, like he could see the ball coming to him. And like as a as a rifle, he started grinning, and he's like this, and he was watching it, and then he hits it with the outside of his peg, and he's like still watching it, and you're like this cunt's enjoying every minute. It's like it was brilliant. Yeah. And then the cel- the like, celebration was the worst effort out of Robbie Kane celebration ever, wasn't it? It was just a half a cartwheel, and he never even got up off his ass then to do the guns. Really, you know, it was just yeah. oh, it, was, it was actually an attempt at a Russian soldier, not of uh, Robbie Kane. <laughs> they're getting their arses handed to them at the minute aren't they come on the Ukraine giddy up let's get into Saturday come on America um, <laughs> Aston Villa nil Arsenal won big result for Arsenal in the top four race Villa just didn't really show up on the day and I know Stevie at the end of the game he kind of sort of went in a little bit hard on the players in terms of um, they need to kind of give him a bit more and maybe try and stick to the plan that's laid out 
Um, but a massive, massive Stevie, win for Stevie and uh, Stevie and Frank should probably go take this two weeks to go on holiday together or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> Frank, go if Frank is going on holiday. That's part part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we 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 get we get that we get the Frank in a minute. I seen a great video today. I sent it to you boys today. It was absolutely electric. Um, Middlesbrough nil, Chelsea two. So, solid result there, Ian. Yeah, professional result. Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially under the circumstances. Amazing to see 600 fans out singing the home fans, which is always good to see. Um, but yeah, no, professional performance. Uh, the boy Mount fucking really stepping up big time. Um, I mean, could he have made it any easier for Lukaku to fucking to score? I don't know. But, I, think um, he, I think he made it Lukaku proof. Yes, he did. He found a way. He found a way to make a Lukaku proof. Uh, the boy Ziyech really stepping up as a clutch player in the last, you know, and even the likes of Pulisic and all now starting to step up. So exciting, um, exciting times. And I think it's only right to have a little bit of a talk about Thiago Silva. My days, that lad is just, he's not made of, of normal stuff. Like absolutely phenomenal baller. Doesn't matter what opposition he's playing against. Even like Middlesbrough when they want to kind of, you know, they were they were doing the press pretty well. I have to say Middlesbrough did play well. They they play good ball. Um, their press is is actually quite impressive. And but Jesus Christ, Thiago Silva, he's just foolproof. Um, I thought he was absolutely phenomenal. His work for that um, the first goal actually working it back with Aspilicueta just to create that space all game long. He just. He just does, I think Noel, you we and you had a conversation. He finds it easy. He finds football easy. You yeah. know what I mean? Makes the Premier um, League look very easy. Yeah, it's just just unbelievable that you're talking about a lad who's still easily in the top, you know, top maybe three, you know, centre backs in the world, and he's 37 and doesn't look it. It's fucking absolutely great to see. So yeah, great performance. Proud of the lads. I think they've really uh they've really come through this um just like their manager, they've come through this kind of period of uncertainty with the club and blah, blah, blah. You know, we'll get on to that later. I think that the, the players have really stepped up and they should be commended. So, yeah, great, great result. Absolutely. Moving into Sunday, Leicester 2, Brentford 1. Um, not, a, not a match really where there's a lot on it. Brentford's kind of climbing out of that sort of relegation battle that they were kind of coming close to, but now sort of slipping back again. But I think both teams will be fine. Tottenham 3, West Ham 1. This was a big one, Darren, in the top four race as well. Uh, we mentioned it last week in the pre in some of the previews as well, that like West Ham coming back after Thursday football um, doesn't do them the world of good. They looked absolutely banjaxed on their feet there against Spurs. Out on their absolute feet, God bless them. And I know, um, you know, David Moyes so it's tend to be all action and energy and you know they give it an absolute go from start to finish but they did look out on their feet and I suppose that's that's one of the things we've seen over the years when you when you get to a Europa League or you get to a Champions League and you haven't been involved in something before you need to make a certain amount of additions to your squad to bump it up but then adding in the the maybe four or five signings you make as we've seen with Leicester can can unbalance the side and the chemistry of the team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which, and it can really be a, a massive burden to carry playing playing Thursdays and Sundays type thing for um for a full season. You know, I would say West Ham, you know, I don't think they'd be 
overly pushed on getting a Europa Conference or a Europa League spot again this year because I just think it's an awful lot of pressure and stress on the players and on and on the likes of Moyes and stuff like that. Unless you've got a super budget like some of the bigger clubs, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think you're right as well. When you're bringing in players, you have to find that kind of balance and sweet spot, don't you? Absolutely. Um, it's so hard though, isn't it? Like Because as that's what I was saying there and I, I fully agree. It's like that's why you look at the top, top level clubs and why they wait so long to pull the trigger on certain signings because it does. it's not just a case of whether you fit in tactically, it's whether you fit in mentally, whether you fit in with the dressing room, whether you fit in with the culture of the club. Um, it's it's so imperative now. It's almost as important you know, to, to top level football as finding that player that suits the particular position that you need. Um, couldn't agree more. Yeah, I think as well, we mentioned as well, Darren, the loss of Bone is a big one, isn't it? He's been that yeah. talisman really in there, hasn't he? Huge, huge. The, the boy's been outrageous for them this season. And I think he was probably due an England call up. I heard he was going to be put into the squad only for the injury kind of crept up like that. Um, and, and I don't believe there's anyone that deserves it as much as he does, you know, for what he's done this season, a West Ham jersey. Um, he really has been, as you said, that talisman and, and he was a guy. Um, he was a guy that really he's taken his chances, you know. Bowen. he he's been given opportunities, but when he's been given opportunities, he's gone out there week after week. And even if he didn't score, or even he didn't make the assist or stuff like that, he was busy. He put himself out there. The work rate was there. Again, it's back to the United issue. You know, we have guys that guys like say Ronaldo or Pogba, and and if they don't if they don't score and they don't assist the team. They're not bringing anything. You have a guy like Bowen who isn't on the level of a Pogba, isn't on the level of a Ronaldo. But when he doesn't bring goals and he doesn't bring assists, he brings work rate, he brings energy, he brings the right attitude. Mm. And that's a massive thing going forward that has to change at United. And you've got to say, you know, all the power in the world to the boy Bowen. He's doing a great job for West Ham. He really is. A Jared Bowen in a United team wouldn't look out of place at the moment in terms of what he could bring to that midfield because sometimes you need that bit of shithousery, that um, you know, that that work rate, as you say, Darren. Just make people it's, make players feel uncomfortable on the position. He's always pressing, you know. He's I mean? always pressing, you know, and, yeah. and he he's he's busy and he's snapping at your heels, you know. He's yeah, he obviously plays in that wide right position most of the time. Now, if he's gonna play wide right and you've got Sancho wide left. That's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You throw him into no. the mix with a Lang and then all of a sudden you've got three boys maybe that have the right kind of attitude and ability. Yeah. And then Hopefully. you're able to start overlooking. You know, obviously we know Jesse's out the door come come uh, the summer. You know, we don't know what's going to happen with, with Martial. I would suggest he should leave. You know, well, you know, he absolutely should leave for himself and for the club. Rashford again. Rashford's a tough one. Where does he go from here? Um, if Just he doesn't leave... If he doesn't leave, I mean, he's really, really, really got to up his game. But I don't. I still think Rashford is young enough that you know you can have a lull, you can have a dip and stuff like that, and still come back. And um, but he needs to be putting in the kind of work that a Bowen, that and like even when Alang is not playing well for United, he's busy. If he doesn't create, if he doesn't score, he's busy. He does his tracking, he closes, he presses the ball. He's he's somebody that the opposition have an eye on. And when the opposition have an eye on a player, there's always a little bit of space somewhere else for someone else. And that's the problem with the likes of Rashford at the minute. When he gets the ball, guys aren't worried about him. Guys are like, give him the ball. Happy days. It's like a member of the back four getting the ball. You're letting them have it because you're going, this kid's going to do nothing with this. So, you know, we're happy you. 
Yeah. And that's that's mental to think about, you know, especially what we've seen from him over the, mm. you know, the last three or four years. He can be electric at times, you know. Um, but there's, there's big there's big changes obviously coming down the pipe at United. Hopefully, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to Rashford a little bit later in the show because I yeah, think no we, want, we want to have a chat about about other stuff as well. Um, Palace four, Everton nil. Um, Everton with a, a total capitulation, really. Um, Alan, um. To me, when I seen that tackle straight away, I said, boom, you're, you're heading down the tunnel, mate, where they were a shadow over there. Came in with a double scissor chop right to the inside of the ankle as well and yeah. absolutely upended him. Um, and it was I, just... I genuinely couldn't believe those people defending him and saying, like, I don't think it's a, a red. I was like, what? <laughs> really? What part of that do you not think's red? Like? Man, is it is it almost dazzler like right? We'd be kind of a, I think the three of us would be traditionalists in the sense of what we know as a red and what's a yellow, right? And uh, maybe it's our age and our wisdom and watching so much football. I don't know, but it seems to me like it's almost cool to fucking question something nowadays that you know we're actually going to question the obvious just to create a, a debate. And you're like, mm, and I get yeah. that, I get that, but. Sometimes just let your fucking big boy brain work instead of fucking trying to be Billy Big Bollocks and call it as you see it, regardless of who it is. Do you know what I mean? Well, I mean, if if you're looking at, you know, attacking like that, right? That's what we have VAR there for, if you're asking me. that's If, if that's missed in a game, <clears throat> I want the ref to be able to say, red are no reds, you know, deal are no deal type thing. And, yeah. and, and it gets started and very quickly, a, a very good decision and the right decision is made. The problem is also because you have VAR, if the ref does go and give the reds, then people go, what about VAR? Is he going to ask? If the ref has seen it and he's happy with his decision, like I heard pundits even, you know, talking about it today and, and some of them are like, wasn't a red for me? And I'm just like, on what planet is that not a red? Yeah. Like that's, you know, and, and they were comparing it and contrasting it to some other challenges over the weekend. Um, and, and, and I'll throw the two in that they mentioned. So one was obviously Tyrone Mings uh, on Bukaya Saka. Yeah. Um, for me, it wasn't a red. Mm. Um, wasn't a red at all. It, by the time he, he, he first of all wins the ball, he does lunge, but he's low. He makes contact with the ball and it's the follow through to clip Saka. But the fo- like, they're about a metre between them, right? So it's a genuine follow through as opposed to he's getting ball and man and he knows he's nailing him, right? Yeah, and then the other one was a uh, Jean Paul McGrath type challenge, basically. Yeah, the other one was Jean Moutinho in the Leeds game. Jean Moutinho should have absolutely seen red before Jimenez did for the the, the tackle and the follow through and stuff like that at knee high with his studs facing out towards. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and they, well, they didn't even look at it. Well, or sorry, they looked at it, but again, and we spoke about this with Mark maybe two weeks ago that the questioning of it needs to be changed. It, the question is all or nothing. Is this a red or not? So if he says it's not a red, the ref isn't allowed then go and give me yellow. Yeah. So it needs to be changed to say, well, it's probably, you know, it, it should probably be a, be a caution. And that puts Moutinho then on the on the back foot because he knows I can't keep waiting in the tackles here. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And, then, a, big, and a big result for Palace as well. We, we've already spoken about the, the job Vieira's doing. He's doing an excellent job there at the moment. Um. Southampton won Man City four. Um, this is, I suppose, not unexpected. We kind of hope 
that maybe they'd be able to grind out something. But um, sometimes on Man City, just up at the gear, they up at the gear, don't they? And it's just there. Uh, they look very fresh. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. They look very fresh, you know, with the addition of a few players and everybody looked like they were like, Jesus, we're getting a game. Let's yeah. give this a fucking real bash, you know? Yeah. And absolutely. coming to the business end of the, se- the season, that's what you want from guys that are given an opportunity, you know? And the the Gabriel Jesus's and the Sterlings and you know guys like that they stepped up and to be applauded rather than you know anything else. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then we rounded out the weekend. Then Forest nil, Liverpool won. Um, a tight game. Uh, again, kind of workman like we were really. Um, at times, um, I thought Forest were absolutely brilliant. I thought, especially the first few minutes, I thought we were we were decent. Um, but then after that, I thought Forrest got into the game and they got at us and, and they tried somewhat to play us the way they played Arsenal, where they kind of bullied them off the ball and stuff like that. And I think the problem with that is we probably just have a bit too much experience and a bit too much quality to be bullied off the ball. Um, with the likes of Fabinho in there and Van Dijk and Kanate and players like that, it just isn't going to work the same way as if they're going in bullying the likes of some of the Arsenal players who are kind of younger and less experienced, if you like. Um, but we, we ran out winners I want, to, just, I want uh, to just pick your brains on on three of the Forest lineup. Um, one I've obviously got a vested interest in but two I don't so first of all James Garner we impressed outstanding he's been outstanding all season he should be he playing has, for United but, not Forest. <laughs> well he has but I mean don't forget week to week he tends to play against championship sides so the thing that's going to be leveled at players when you play them in the championship is they're only doing it in the championship so you know we've seen him do it with Leicester we've seen him do it with Arsenal so it's just nice to hear you know against against one of the top what two clubs in the yeah. two two clubs yeah. in world football at this stage you know yeah yeah and yeah. that that he was able to go and put a shift in and and you know and really show what he was he was able to do you know yeah what what I said with that as well and I said it in the match reaction that's there on the channel as well I said knowing James Garner's in there and the way he plays and how he's kind of so strong and stuff like that and especially with your man who's the other guy in there with him Yates who's a very yeah, strong really. player as well and I was worried about our lineup obviously Fabinho that was sitting but when you're putting Ox in there who I think's a tad bit light and when you're putting Keita in there who you know Keita either has an eight or he has a four he's never really kind of like he'll never give you that consistent type of seven if you like he's either yeah. really really world class or he's shocking. And I just thought, I thought the two boys, I thought Ox at times was lost. I thought Keita was okay, but didn't really make an impression on the game. And I think it was only when we made those changes and we brought on the likes of Henderson and stuff like that, it kind of changed the dynamic of the midfield at that stage. But I, I thought Garner was brilliant. I thought Yates was brilliant. I thought the boy Spence at the back was brilliant. I thought Joe so, Worrell was unbelievable. So the, boy, the boy Spence was my next one. Yeah. Because obviously he's been heavily linked with some of the biggest clubs across Europe mm. in recent weeks. Um, there's talks of Bayern Munich been sending scouts to have a look at this kid at the county ground because he's been absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Like This kid has an engine like nobody's business, you know, and, and quality to boot. Mm. Um, and, and he's got offensive quality and he's got defensive quality, you know. Um, and the last one, and you haven't mentioned him yet, but a guy I've spoken about a good bit, is the boy Brennan Johnson up front? Very good. Was very good yesterday. Yeah, very good. And I, and I, and and funny enough, you, you haven't touched on Warrell yet, and he was man of the match. 
He was outstanding yesterday, Marshall, in that defence. Absolutely outstanding. You know, I, I thought he would be, he's, that Warrell guy is exactly what those Premier League sides need at the back. He's a proper leader, isn't he? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was outstanding. Um, yeah, so we'll move on, get into some nice, of the nice of the dazzler to put. Nice of the dazzler to put uh, Liverpool in the company of the European and world champions there as well. Just thought I'd throw yeah. that in there. Absolutely. He's uh he went off there. He probably hasn't got his... Uh, there he is. Oh, uh, I'm here. Yeah, yeah. Now you, you drifted off there. Now, I was saying that uh, hats off to the Joe Worrell, is, Worrell yes. at the back. I thought he was outstanding. Unbelievable marshal in his defence. And, and you know, against it, not, not our best front line, but a very tricky front line with the likes of Firmino, Jota and Harvey Elliott there. So yeah, just, a, just a quick heads up, actually. Um, I follow, obviously. I follow JT like on Twitter a lot, and he's been raving about Worrell a lot. And like that's high praise, you know what I mean? So when you have, you know, when you you've defenders in the game like John Terry and all looking at you, you know, in a championship and calling you out for, for things like that, it's yeah, it, you can only see good things for that that kid in the future, can't you? Yeah, and I also want to say, I'll say it on this show as well, hats off to Forest yesterday in terms of the 97 seats and the you know the, the Hillsborough stuff and things like that. And we even had fans coming onto the channel there commenting on the, the preview saying that uh, one of the fans came on and he said, you know. Noel, he says, I'd love if we had been able to change the game and play it up at Hillsborough and stuff like that. And all. So absolutely outstanding from these fans. Great fan they're base. Great club. A great fan base. Mm. Great club. An awful lot of history. Yeah, proper, that's what I said to the boys. Team. I said, history. I said, look, hopefully, fingers crossed, you make it into the playoffs and hopefully, fingers crossed, you could win the playoffs and come up. But let's see what happens. We'll, I'd, we'll, love, we'll I'd love to see Nottingham Forest back in the Premier League. Yeah. A, a club I've always yeah. had admiration for. Yeah. I mean, back back to the days when fucking Van Hooydonk went over to them from Celtic and all, just fucking, like, even even their Premier League history in the early 90s and stuff like that, we can, we can remember. Yeah, They were always an exciting team. And just a football club that has to be admired and respected regardless of you know what's up with the coin you're on, I think, from a personal level, anyway. Yeah, let's uh let's get into these hot topics anyway. Let's start. Um, lads, I wanted to start with Marcus Rashford. Um, we can talk about his contract situation and what's coming out and all that kind of stuff, but I wanted to talk about this online abuse um that he's suffering, and obviously the reaction he had leaving the ground the other day with the fans actually wasn't the reaction that was reported, it was a different reaction, but of course. The press over there play on it and stuff like that. No, but um, I, I I read an article there the other day that apparently he receives somewhere in the region of, or he has received somewhere in the region of thirty six thousand abusive posts, um, on social media, and the, the the nearest to him then apparently I think they were looking at they they compared it to Messi and Ronaldo. And Messi and Ronaldo receive somewhere in the region. Now imagine Messi at this stage. This is what they're looking at. You know, with PSG and everything that's going on and the disappointment there and the booing and everything that's going on. Messi, I think, was next to him, I think, with 14,000. Now, one is too much. But just imagine the flood of abuse that Rashford is dealing with if he's if he's tackling nearly two and a half times the amount that Messi oh, is getting. I have a question about where we, you know, put the line when we talk about abusive messages, yeah? Um. If I'm a fan and I'm paying my money to go and watch these guys week to week and I eat the lads outside the ground maybe, yeah? 
uh, because I actually know one of the guys who was involved in the incident outside of the ground. Um, he's the guy you can hear shouting after a performance like that, Marcus. Yeah. Mm. And so they called him over to try and get him to sign something. And and he's not come across yeah. and done any of the signing or stood for any of the pictures. He's kind of kept his head down and stormed off towards the car. And the lads have kind of got on his back and said, Jesus, Marcus, after a performance like that, and bloody, bloody, blah. And that's well within their rights, I have to say. Yeah, well, the, the abuse, the abuse that I'm talking about when they looked at it, it wasn't, it wasn't a abuse in terms of critiquing his performance or critiquing the football on the pitch. This, yeah. this abuse that's coming through, this is either racial or towards his family or personal. This, this so, is not related so this to critique. What I'm saying, obviously, yeah. if it's racial, yeah, you know, well, there's no argument. There's yeah, absolutely yeah. no argument. If they're saying stuff about his family, again, there's no argument. Yeah. I would look at where we draw the line with him, though, or with any player, because let's not forget, you know, these players are, they're put on a pedestal. They're put up there on a mantle to be fired at. But when you're put in that position, you've got to remember, I'm going to take a bit of flack here. I'm in this position. I'm in this privileged position. I'm wearing this jersey. I'm representing this club. I'm making all of this money, right? If, if all he has to worry about is a few online messages, and that's not to dumb it down or say he's not getting, if there's any sort of racial abuse, if there's any sort of, you know, abuse where people are trying to say, we're going to get physical with you, anything like personal, that. Personal, personal abuse. Anything like yeah. that. But if somebody wants to turn and say, hey, Marcus, you could deal with fucking up in your game there, kid. Remember what jersey you're wearing. I'm all right with that. I'm yeah, but that's that. that's that's not what this was, Darren. This this was this was that's actual I'm saying to you. personal it's abuse. Important we, it's but important no, we get context around I just, what abusive is. Exactly. I'd like to chime in there because, in fairness, right, he's put himself in here as this some sort of saint during the COVID thing with this whole kids for meals for kids and all this kind of stuff. Like, listen, Twitter fact checkers aren't exactly fucking great, in my opinion, and I think what the media have done with. Rashford is that they put him on this pedestal you know what I mean and he's happy to take it the fact that he's the MBE and all beside his name he's happy to take the, the well I don't, so, I don't I don't think again, we can I don't think we can downplay the work that he's done I mean no, I, know, I know what it is we, come, we will come on here as a football but show and we'll say, we will say we're you're not, a footballer first yeah. and, 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 and then it's second and actually that's what I was going to say because yeah. I'll certainly I'll certainly say as a footballer he hasn't done his job or yeah, anywhere like 100 percent. Yeah. But you coming on so and saying as on a football, yeah. But you coming on to a football show over. saying saying in terms of from a footballing point of view, he's let it down. He hasn't done his job. That's different. Where they're yeah. talking about, and obviously, Ian, I don't have the time to go through thirty six thousand posts, so I have to believe what's being said. That's being analysed. Yeah. Um, I'm not. Yeah. One, I'm not here. That's. I'm not going to be come on here to question that. But I'm just saying the gulf in that compared to say the likes of. Messi or Ronaldo and stuff like that. It was like he must be just getting smashed at this on a daily basis in the town. But as Roy Kane said, take yourself out. Look, you're earning enough money, right? You take yourself out of it then. Get off Twitter. But it, it, but, but it, it, it's very, it's very hard to do that now, Ian. And so far, right. because a lot of your social media stuff is also linked into some of these players' contracts now and stuff like that. 
So it's not that well, easy I mean, to I just turn around and back no, out. Listen, well, it, promoting, it, it might be, it might be for the kids advertising sponsorship contract, yeah. but not mm. for United. And here's the yeah. other thing. We have to remember, most players don't look after their own social media. So out of those 36,000 messages, how many do you reckon Rashford got eyes on? That's a fair point. You don't necessarily have to have eyes on it, but if you're being, like, I'm sure that the, whatever the media company is or the social media company that's looking after it, I'm sure they have, I'm sure they have to relay back to him, and I'm sure they screen grab and screenshot some of this stuff and show it to him and go, you know, this is what we're dealing with here. You know, well, what I mean? if they do, they should be fired on the fucking spot. Well, they yeah. shouldn't. I mean, you shouldn't. Why would you hide? Why? Well, hang on. Why would you hide it? You're hiring. Why wouldn't you're you hiring, hide it? No, you're hiring these people to control your social media. You need yeah, them, yeah. You. So what? What's he supposed so, to do? Is so he supposed to go through life thinking, no, 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 that no, one's abusing no. me and all that? It's so, all good, so, and they so cover it up. You hiring them to look after this thing. You're basically saying, I don't have the time, or I don't give enough fucks to do this myself, right? Which is fine. So I'm going to pay you guys to do this. Now, when I pay you to do something, I want the glossy part. I don't want to see what goes on behind the scenes, and I certainly don't want to know if someone wants to rip it's the not head about off what, the Yeah, but it's not about what's going on behind the scenes. Darren, if there's an actual threat put out on social media, you have to be made aware of it. If someone right, turns no. around, if someone turns around on if Twitter and threatens and threatens his mother's life or his kid's life or his brother's life or whatever that's, it is. But that's my point. If the threat is credible as opposed to it being yeah. from Barry down the road who's had six points and feels like he's fucking <laughs> he-man. But, you but, know what I mean? but, how, but how do you judge it? Well, well, it's, not, no, it's not that easy so, to judge so, it, Darren, well, unless it gets the, looked at. Well, with all the money that's being paid, the social media company should absolutely be able to fucking judge, you know, because they should be able to do enough digging to find out who Barry from down the road is, where he had his fucking six points. Well, clearly, well, clearly they're being made aware of what's on their social media because the reports are coming out that this is the level of abuse. And they've spoke about it themselves, even personally, the level of abuse that they've been taking. So Lance, just, can I can I make a quick point on this? Just purely right. So I'm going to ask one question, one question only, because I am from the Roy, Roy Keane school of thought on all of this. Does that mean that humans, that these players are now bigger snowflakes than, than than they were back in the day? Because I'm telling you, footballers back in the 90s, and unfortunately black players were getting real abuse in real time and hearing it and getting death threats in, their, in the mail, like to their fucking house. These lads get a tweet and, you know, you're coming out crying because someone shouted at you in a, sta- in a stand. Now, it, doesn't, Dean, it doesn't make the abuse any less than if someone said it in a stand or someone posted it on a tweet to your page. No, but it doesn't make it minute, any less. What Darren, what Darren said earlier is 100% correct, right? There's context that Darren's had to put on it about what the fans said to him. There was no there was no racial abuse there. There was people calling him over. And he's he's willing to act Billy Big Bollas and give them the finger, which, which is what he said he'd done. And he goes, oh, no, no, he, he no, he actually came out and clarified and said that he didn't. Now, I don't know whether he did or not. I wasn't ah. there, but he came well, out and he said that he did. Yeah, well, I've seen, I seen the video as well, but that's I'm just so saying what he said. Yeah. So he's also lying. Well, here's the yeah. other thing if you've got any sort of fucking character at all, now don't forget, this is St. Marcus who fed all the kids. If you have any sort of character and you've just been dumped out of the fucking Champions League and people have paid their money, people have brought their kids from all over the fucking world to see this game and they're standing outside Old Trafford at half ten on a freezing cold night in Manchester and you're coming out on 200 grand a week with your nice little Gucci trainers and your fucking Ferrari sitting in the car park, the fucking least you can do is walk over and sign an autograph and, and stand for a picture for them fucking kids. And if you, if, you, if you can't and if you haven't, you should fuck off and not wear the jersey anyway. Well, that goes on nicely onto my next point. 
my next point was obviously with the World Cup year coming up, um, and the World Cup's going to be in November. Where does that leave Marcus Rashford in terms of getting back into the team and playing, or does he have to have? Does he have to in the summer make a move? What's your feeling on it, Darren? I feel he needs to, you know, he needs to get his head out of his hole either way, because he looks like a guy who has two options. He has option A and he has option B. At the minute, Marcus is doing option C, which is neither. He's not playing for the club. He's not playing for the jersey. He's not putting himself out there, right? He's also not going out and saying, I want to go to Barcelona. I want to go to Real Madrid. I want to go to PSG. So he's not doing anything. He's not made it clear he's not going to sign a deal. His deal has still got plenty of time on it. There's an awful lot here that, that's very kind of muddied in the waters. If Rashford thinks he's not good, going to get into the England squad, you know what he should do? Fucking work harder. Train harder. Eat better. Run further. Sleep more. And forget about taking pictures with fucking uh, Serge Gnabry or fucking uh, Brandon Williams at the boxing the other night. Get out and fucking put a shift in. You know, we didn't week after week. Uh, when, when Ronaldo was at United the first time round and when he was preparing himself to become one of the best players in world football, yeah, we didn't see him sitting at the boxing every other night of the week. Do you know why? Just sitting at home eating fucking fish and pasta, getting himself ready for the following week. Yeah, and he was an hour there early before training, and he was an hour there after. And Marcus isn't, so it's about attitude and it's about mentality. You talk about it all the time. You talk about Liverpool mentality monsters. Marcus Rashford's mentality right now is up his own hole, and he needs to get his fucking head out of there with it. Okay, just wanted to get you. I agree with your, everything, Darren. And, and and just sorry, because I, I, I actually leveled some abuse at Marcus Rashford myself when I was in the stadium. Yeah, so I, I need to know where you know. Did I hurt his feelings when I said this? Yeah. So I didn't racially abuse him. I didn't physically abuse him. Abuse him. What I did say was, Marcus, your delivery's that fucking poor. You couldn't deliver Chinese to them kids. They'll fucking starve. He probably um he probably didn't hear you with the noise off the Atletico fans anyway. So I, I, I worry sit about in the it. second row behind the goal. He fucking heard me. He heard me. <laughs> you fucking now he heard me. And you probably no one, know no one, no one knew the way I, well. no, no one knew the way we know you, Dazzler. We don't doubt that at all. <laughs> didn't have the desired effect anyway. So yeah. um and give us give us a quick update on Chelsea, where it's at at the moment. I know you're close to it on a daily basis at this stage. Yeah, so obviously we know Friday was the deadline. Um, I think in, in total there was something like 200 bids put in. I think the minimum, uh, there was a lot of chancer bids in there as well. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if McGregor got a, got Dana White to probably throw in the cheeky 1.9 or something like that, thinking because of the name that they get somewhere. But no, um, there was some serious bids. And you're probably hearing today as well, as we speak, we're recording this on the Monday, hence why it's the Monday mashup. Um, as we speak at uh, 10 past 10 in the uh, in the PM, we Rain Bank, who we all know, Dazzler's probably knows about this as well. That's the New York Bank that have obviously been uh, been uh, allocated, the, you know, the the main bank that will decide what bids are preferential based on Romans. So just to clarify this, there's been a lot of talk about this. It's not the UK government that decides this. It's based on what Abramovich laid out and obviously his team laid out what they want from the club. So they had to have an actual uh, plan. So this isn't a case of the highest bidder wins kind of deal. Um, because the Saudi media group, I think, put in the biggest bid. They, as far as I know now, are going to be out because obviously 
with the whole situation and people kind of questioning Man City and uh, Newcastle in particular, um, they they don't want to bring a kind of a shitstorm down. Um, Nick Candy, as you know, he's been kind of outspoken. He's one of the uh, one of the Tories, one of the MPs anyway over in the United over in the UK. He's uh, he's been very vocal about um, because he's a Chelsea fan and he's also married to Holly Valance. If anyone remembers her, absolutely. Uh, he, He's been uh, all He'll have yeah. Tonight you're gonna get my kiss kiss, apparently. So that's why he's getting on a nightly. So no wonder he's uh no wonder he's he's sprightly about this. But uh you know he's got um he's got a South Korea firm involved today. I think worth uh they have something like eight hundred billion worth of assets. So he's at the finding some partners and open his bid um at the last minute, as far as I know. Until they get down to the last three, anyone that has made it to the final kind of um, initial bidding stage have been able to up their bid, if that makes sense. So a lot yeah, of people are doing today, that. Yeah. He upped his today, yeah. So he upped his today. Um, the Ricketts family, this is the most controversial one, the Ricketts family, of course, who own the Chicago Cubs. Um, very, very far right-wing group who have come out with some nonsensical um, anti-Semitism, uh, anti-Muslim statements that have been found out thanks to the hard work of all the Chelsea fans on Twitter. Um, they, they've made it to the final stages. How, I don't know. But just as of today as well, Dazzler, you'll be happy with this one. Um, ourselves, the Chelsea Trust, um, have, have written an open letter to the UK government and to Ryan Bank saying we don't want them anywhere near the club purely because of that. When you think about the amount of Muslim players Chelsea have, in particular with Ziyech and you know Rudiger and all that, there's no there's no hope that that there's no way that that can go through. Um, they've also had some controversy today that they wanted to uh, update Wrigley Field and they wanted an 800 million um, pound dollar sorry uh, screen that went across the whole. The whole stadium and they said if, if it doesn't happen it has to be fan invested and if it doesn't happen um, they, they might pull the plug in the whole deal so that shows you where they are and then the favourites is Todd Bowley's group um, who is the owner of the LA Dodgers he has the backing of a UK investor and a couple of other investors I think goes up upwards of uh, hundred billion or something like that. That's what they have. But Todd Bowley in particular is, is is exciting purely because of the work that he's put into the Dodgers. He seems to be very interested in sports. He's obviously tried to buy Chelsea back in two thousand and fourteen and two thousand and nineteen as well. And um, he's I've, I've listened to interviews with him talking about you know sports and analytics and data and stuff. And as far as I know, I'm not a baseball expert. I don't think any three of us are here. But as far as I know, he's put together a team this year that is pretty much favourites for the World Series as well. So he's put his money where his mouth is. Um, and his outlay apparently is the most attractive. And John Terry and his group are um, interested in both the Todd Candy side and the and the Todd Bowley side where they're actually going to have fan interest in where 10% uh, of that will, will, will come down to the fans as well. So interesting times ahead. We'll... F- Pretty much, I think without a doubt, we'll know by Friday um, who who the next uh, who the next owner of Chelsea will be. My money and the smart money is on Todd Bowley, um, and then that should be completed by the 29th, where yeah, it'll be pending. Truly, will will hopefully be there for the first game under the new ownership. So that, there's a bit of luck there, where it looked like there was no hope about two weeks ago, as you lads know. 
So yeah, uh, yeah interesting, uh, interesting. Watch this space because it's going to change. I'd say by the time this podcast comes out, we'll probably know a lot more. So. Yep. Um, Champions League and FA Cup draw. I feel like it was on Sky Sports News there, lads. Sorry, I was like, Jesus, <laughs> best report. Felt like it should be outside the stadium with a with an umbrella. <laughs> I doubt. I doubt it'll be an updated news by the time this goes out because I'm pretty. Right I'm hearing. I'm least. hearing. Uh, don't make loud noises. Don't go outside. <laughs> Stay indoors. <laughs> don't take unnecessary risks. <laughs> yeah, I'll start with uh, start with Darren first. Darren, Champions League draw. Thoughts on it? Yeah, didn't see it. <laughs> but, but, you, but you're aware of the draw and you're aware, no, you're not aware of who drew who or no, no card in the game. So it's, no interest. It's behind you, Dazzler. It's on your wallpaper. <laughs> Did he get Atletico, yeah? Yes. City got Atletico, Chelsea got Real, Bayern got Villarreal and we got Benfica. Praise the Lord. And he dropped you. Yeah, yeah, no, um, that's where Liverpool's transfer budget is going these days. It's not into the players, it's into the right places. Hey, we had the toughest round the group stage. It's nice the way things balance themselves out. True. Well, at the game on Tuesday evening, you know, it was a, it was a guy sitting behind me and he just kept ranting and raving. He literally said the whole thing for 90 minutes. And uh, I'll, I'll steal a little bit of what he said and he just kept shouting. Sit, you'll put six past this crowd, and that's all he kept saying for for the whole the whole ninety minutes, you know. And and it got to the point where I just kind of had enough of him when I was like, and I just turned around and I said, "Yeah, but sit, you're a good football team, and we're fucking shy." <laughs> and he just looked at me, and went, "Fair cop," and just yeah. that was it, like you know. But. Yeah, I don't think City will have any trouble with Atletico at all, I have to say. Um, I really don't. Um, if you look at the amount of possession we had over over two games, um, I know the first half in Atletico, we struggled a little bit. But I mean, for the next three halves, we were extremely dominant, um, but didn't create anything. Now, that's down to us and our players and you know the movement and the side and stuff like that. If Atletico give Man City three halves of possession, they're going to get absolutely monster ball here. Monster do you think ball. They, do you think they might change their game a little bit, though? Because in fairness, Atletico can be tricky, as we saw last year with Liverpool as well. Like They they, they, they can they, struggle at times. But we, then, We've also seen from Man City this season as well, when they play against teams that kind of dig in, they don't necessarily yeah. perform the way they should. We've seen it against Palace, Southampton. You know, even if you look at the game against where, Brentford, the game against Newcastle. The, I think that's maybe where you're missing the goal scorer, which we said at the beginning of the season, they may struggle, yeah. you know, for an absolute goal scorer. But I think most of the time they do enough to chip in with goals from here, there and everywhere. And the Atletico, I don't think Atletico will trouble them at all, I have to say. Um, I see it being relatively comfortable over two legs for City. Now, relatively comfortable could be what? 4-2, something like that. that, that would you call that comfortable? That's yeah. two one each yeah. leg. Comfortable 4-2, nice goal, couple of goal lead. I don't think Atletico get within two goals in, in, in the final score, I have to say. I just think City have way too much going on. I thought Atletico were um, extremely well organised. They were well drilled. Um, Simeone got the absolute tune he wanted out of them. But I think, you know, being there and, and, and seeing it, there was a couple of players that could be got at. We just didn't what did get you think it. about the what did you think about the the, the, the 
bottles and whatnot getting thrown at Simeone down the road. It didn't get much press coverage, which kind of bothered me a little bit. No, uh, um, should it have happened? Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, I I think there was a small bit of confusion about the celebration. Uh, he was going to do the knee slide or something, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 So I, I think there was. I think people preempted him doing something. I don't think they realised he was running down the tunnel. Yeah. The guy might have needed to go to the John or something. You don't know. But when he made that movement to run, I think there was a lot of fans expected the outcome to be very different. And maybe that's yeah. why they got in ahead of the game. Regardless, but, though. You know what I mean? Oh, listen. I'm not I'm certainly not defending yeah, it. Yeah. You know? I know you wouldn't be that type of fan, and, Dazzler. That's, and that's that also goes for the... That yeah. also goes for the young man that sat in the row in front of me, three seats to the left, who uh, hit uh, Jan Oblak with a bottle. Okay. okay. So, you know. Um, the only reason I'm asking, Dazzler, because that wasn't a knock on you at all, because I know like, no, no, you no, no, no. the likes of your, your clan are proper fans. Uh, you know what I mean, we, at the end of the day? When you're, uh, when you're at Old Trafford and you buy anything from the concession stands, the lids are removed. For the kid that was in front of me and three to the left, through an empty bottle of Diet Coke. So empty bottle, bottles tend not to fly very well because they're empty. The ones that came from above were, well, were stuff that hadn't been... They, they had something left in them and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but you're not allowed any beer or stuff like that. It's all bottles that would be plastic of, of the Coke or Fanta or water varieties and stuff like that. So I suppose from that point of view, you know, it maybe did you know, their part to make sure that... He probably he probably lapped that up, to be fair. He probably went to the dressing room going, yeah. He's, like a, he's a pantomime villain, but you know yeah. what? He 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 sent Atletico out. From the word go, you could see what was going to happen. They were going to play for these tactical fouls. They were going to be rolling around, fixing socks, fixing tape, you know, for the whole game. But they did it really well. And as horrible as it is to watch, as awful as it is against to play against, the rules allow you to do a certain amount of that. Mm-hmm. And I suppose there's a naivety from, from a United side of, of you where maybe we don't do enough of that to help us get out. Like, did we do enough of that in the game against Aston Villa where we were two goals up, drew 2-2 and really could have lost the game? You know, where guys lying on their back enough? Where are guys over at the corner flag being clever? We went, who were we a goal? We were a goal up against somebody in recent weeks. And instead of it was the no sorry it was the Spurs game we were three two up against Spurs, somebody got the ball, and we had a break and I'm like go to corner flag go to corner flag go to corner flag and, and they took it in inside, slug it in yeah took, tucked inside lost the ball and Spurs went on a four v three and I was like what in the name of Jesus who so I'm, like that that comes from the manager am I am and I that, am I, um, and am I right in thinking it's the man we were talking about earlier about the abuse? I think he was the man who did it, wasn't he? Was it he not the been. man who gave up the ball on that probably one? Probably got him another little bit. It was actually no, you're dead right. That's who it was. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Probably got another few shovels of abuse for that one. But anyway, Noel, get back onto the Champions League. Yeah, yeah, back onto back onto the uh, Atletico Man United. <laughs> sorry, that's not what it is. No, sorry. In, um, Chel- Liverpool, Liverpool will take Benfica's pants down. Yeah. Yeah, City will beat Atletico. Bayern will find Villarreal difficult. That's a very interesting one, isn't it? Yeah, True. yeah, they'll find it difficult, but they just have enough quality with the likes of Lewandowski to take those clinical chances. Yeah, the game of the round for me is Chelsea Real hmm. because that's a game we could see going either way. 
I, 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 don't I, think... I only see it going one way. I think it's another decimation like last year, to be honest with you. Um, really? Yeah, after, especially after watching the game last night. Like, I, I just I think the way Chelsea are coming into form and are pulled together. Now, I'm, I'm obviously exaggerating when I say a decimation. I'm not talking like, a, you know, a 4-1 over two legs no. kind of thing here. But the, con- the but control the, of a match like last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think control was... I think Chelsea have a little bit of... Um, I think Chelsea have a little bit of what... You know, like we play good football when we need to. Our press is very good. I think we have a little bit of that grit that you say an Atletico has, but we have a little bit of the, you know, we can we can match teams like Liverpool as we saw in the in the in the Carling Cup finals, we saw in the Champions League final last year, and pretty much it's the same team. Do you know what I mean? And those um, lovely gentlemen in China didn't pay all that money for those name and rights for that Carabao Cup. You'd call it the Carling Reap. I'm just putting that fucking out there now. Well, do you know why I'm calling it Carling? Sponsored. Dynamo Dozen sponsored by Carolyn. <laughs> there you go, baby. Carolyn, I'm a Premier League fucking mainstay. No 40, 40, 40 cans for a fiver. 40 that cans for two euros. Listen, oil, oil prices might be rising, but Carolyn is dropping. No, um, yeah, I, 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 per, I personally think we are going to, yeah, I just don't, look, Benzema is a fucking threat. I mean, not enough has spoken about how good this lad has been this year. Uh, having his best ever season in terms of returns. I was missing um, yesterday. I was missing. I was missing, yesterday. 100%. Um, I just have a feeling, yeah, I, I have a feeling that uh, this is going to be, uh, I, I think we will relish this now because with, with the whole, like there could be, and, and I suppose the optimism that I have compared to this time two weeks ago um, is that the boys are producing on the pitch. I think this new new ownership will obviously be in place by then. I think that could be a huge uplift um, for the club and I think we do tend to be a clutch team at the end of the season if you're looking you know the last if, if last year is anything to go boy holy 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 god like it's uh, it was proper clutch you know what I mean and I do think there's certain players um, that are stepping up I, I don't worry about us defensively at the moment again I think we're pretty solid there and um, you know Regardless of whatever happens with Rudiger, Christensen, and Spilicueta's contracts, I think that'll obviously be something the new owners will probably look to resolve as soon as they come in. Mm-hmm. But regardless, they are there now until the end of the season. And if any, you know, if the last, you know, six rules, six results are anything to go by, and um, these lads are going to step up and they're going to fucking play for the badge, which is just what you want to see. I yeah, I, th- I think Real Madrid are in trouble here. I fancy us. And when I say comfortably, uh, like a four-two over two legs wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. Um, I just think we're going to have a little bit too much for Real. Pressure's all on them, not yeah. us. It's the way I look at it. And the pressure will be on you as well. Well, and we are defending, defending the champions, champions so. of course. Yeah. We are defending champions, but yeah. what I'm saying is Real Madrid are the Champions League team. You know what I mean? Pressure's going to be on Ancelotti now. Because of last night's result, Javi, you know, has those boys playing proper football. By the way, shout out to Javi. I'm not a Barcelona fan at all, but my God, he looks like he's going to be a world-class manager. Um, but yeah, I, I just think, I think we'll have too much. I, I agree with Dazzler as well. I think uh, I think Villarreal will give Bayern problems. I think Bayern will sneak through. Um, it's going to be an interesting semi-final. If, if our predictions are true, it's going to be really interesting, isn't it? 
um, the potential for an all an all British semi final or final again, should I say? Do you say it going um, that way, Darren? Do you say it being an all English final? Absolutely. Do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I really do. Um, I spoke to you obviously before the draw, and my mind was depending on how the draw went, I would. I wouldn't be shocked to see City and Liverpool in the final. Um, I wouldn't, you know. I wouldn't be I know. shocked to see Chelsea and Liverpool in the final either, though. I know. Well, if, if, if you knock City out, that will be a shock in. Well, listen, beat them last year, both in the no, semi-final of the FA Cup. That doesn't and... mean it wouldn't be a shock. Like, what are the 15 points clear in the league? Yeah. That would be and and over, over two legs rather than a one-off game as well. Yeah, and, and that's not... Like I say, we played them twice in the space of... What three weeks the last time as well? I'm I'm just saying I I am not I would not be again, lads. We we, we didn't just look out in the Champions League last year. We won it dominantly, as in we beat Atletico really comfortably. We absolutely hammered Real Madrid, um, and I mean the Champions League final was mostly Chelsea. Let's let's be real. It was it, it was a, it was. I know it was only one nil in the end, but I mean it was. We did not get dominated in terms of possession. Yeah, you expect that with Pep, but even looking at uh, this year's games, I'm, I'm telling you here now, this is this Chelsea team isn't pushovers, and like I say, they are a clutch team near the end of the season. So make no mistake about it; it's still a really strong squad. Bad start to the season, absolutely, um, cost us points, hence why we're behind. But we are we are not far. When you look at that Liverpool Chelsea game, the Carabao Cup final, like. So you telling me we were dominated by Liverpool? Not even nearly. In fact, quite the opposite. So, yeah, I think I think looking at the looking at the Champions League at the moment, I think with the exception, I suppose, of United going out and the exception of Juventus going out, it's it's a strong yeah. it's as strong as a final eight as you would expect if you substituted out maybe Villarreal and Benfica for Juventus and United. And, and Darren, it would have been amazing if you had to come through that Atletico game. You would have had like a Manchester derby in the quarterfinals of oh, the Champions League. Imagine that. Two leg. that would have been unbelievable. Like Now I know you mightn't have been looking forward to it in the current climate, but again... You know what? Um, I'd have so little in a two-legged Manchester derby. It's fucking scary. <laughs> it's still nice to be. would have been nice. That would have been the type of... It would have been interesting that that's the way the draw would have been the two... That would have been the type of two-legged toy that you probably wouldn't have been surprised if you know managed to pull something out of the fucking bag just over the two legs. Do you know what I mean? Because again, it's kind of like what we're talking about with Chelsea here. No. They're capable of that. There's a there's a realism that has settled into Darren over the last. I, few I, I know. I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to take his balls week. there. Sorry, Darren. <laughs> I watched Man United week to week. If United beat City over fucking two legs. I chop me lad off, stick it into a hot dog <laughs> bun and put, put fucking mustard on top of it. And I'd swallow a hole because there's not a fucking snowball chance in hell. That's absolutely... With Marcus feeding all them kids, not able to turn a fucking right back inside out, give me a break, lads, will you? Fucking hell. I'm only... I'm only Dazzler, I'm only trying to love you. I'm sorry. I'm only yeah. trying to love you. Um, quick quick touch on the FA Cup draw, in. Um Nice draw for Chelsea, although I'm sure Palace will give you a decent game. Oh, definitely, um, definitely. No Conor Gallagher, though, so happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shocking it, rule, isn't it? It's a, shocking it's a great fucking rule. It's one we invented. <laughs> Is it not only in the league, though? 
No, it's all it can't can't be played against them. Chelsea done that since the. Uh, do you remember the first loan? Actually, here's a little bit of trivia for you, lads. Yeah, the first loan where that uh, rule was implemented, well, on, on a grand stage like that, was when Mikel Forcell um, went on loan to Birmingham City from Chelsea when uh, Abramovich first took over, and he wasn't allowed to play against uh, Mikel Forskin, huh? Mikel yeah. Forcell, very. Oh, I'll finish international member with the little fucking yeah yeah, yeah. The, little, the little ginger yeah. slash blonde uh, yeah. you know he scored he scored he scored some belters as well back yeah. in the day I have to say um, no tar Andre Flo oh definitely not definitely not um, six foot six of Norwegian skinniness but fucking awesome um, no I, I think yeah that that that's been a real so look that's going to be an interesting one and obviously. Lads, imagine, can you just imagine that the, the Carabao Cup final was Liverpool-Chelsea, the fucking FA Cup final was Liverpool-Chelsea, and the Champions League final was Liverpool-Chelsea. Good Lord, I just hope VAR is frozen for those next two games. If, if, that's, if the that's the case, Liverpool will win a treble and see, you'll get the title, yeah? That's fucking terrible. That will not be a good that, weekend. Yeah. For- Don't know about that. But look, if that happened... And you don't hear from me in a couple of days. Send someone. <laughs> send someone. Um, <laughs> just, just send someone, Dazzler. Preferably, you just come. For... Harold, <laughs> yeah, send you know, Mr. Call over, call <laughs> over, and call over and bring that widget. I was gonna say, Dazzler, if, if if that happens, just call over with a load of wrestling figures and a bottle of that. Yeah. Lads, I just want to I just want to touch on United again for a second in terms oh, of sure, listen. Okay, now. No, no, you're going to like this one you're He knows like where his listeners like, come I from, Dazzler no. He knows where his views come from <laughs> No, but this is um, I, I haven't been when, when I look at United and I see the way things unfold And the plans that they're putting in place And what they're trying to do and stuff like that um, nothing kind of they've been doing so far really worries me. Ten Hag doesn't really worry me. Pochettino, Pochettino wouldn't really worry me. Fucking um, Cappuccino wouldn't fucking yeah, worry Ranyak, me. Ranyak, <laughs> Ranyak, Ranyak doesn't really worry me because director of football and now a consultant. Uh, Dar- Darren Fletcher learning on the job doesn't worry me. But you've been heavily linked today, I read, with Paul Mitchell. And now that concerned me um, because this is a guy who has a bit about him. And I was thinking if he was to go into United, he could be that piece of the jigsaw that maybe unlocks the plan over the next 18 to 36 months. Well, I think if we isolate Mitchell on his own, I think the job might be a little bit too difficult. But, and, and you may not like this one, I don't think Ralph is as bad or 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 is knows as little as he's letting on as a manager at this stage, yeah. Um, I think Ralph has an idea, um, of, of what he's trying to do. I think it's very difficult when you've got a squad like what we've got at the minute with these overinflated egos and with these overinflated price tags and with these overinflated. And I think he certainly he certainly brought newer ideas to United and. The disrespect he's gotten. Sorry, I just want to say that I've always been a big fan of his uh, his yeah. methods. I love the gig impress. I just want to say, as an outsider, I think the fucking disrespect he's got from some levels is completely unwarranted. The man is a genius in his own in his own right. Like 
But you know, and and here's the here's the problem, and we've spoken about it before about you know football fans being fickle, um, yeah. and and that moves in generations. And at one stage, it was Liverpool fans in the nineties, and then it probably moved to another set of fans and fans in the noughties, and and now all of a sudden, this has become United fans. No, no, um, I'll, I'll put my hand up. It was kind of still us in the noughties as well. I'm all good with no, that. Yeah, <laughs> my, 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 my fans as well. Fickle as you fucking like. The plastics, 100%. You know, you don't get to the level, you don't get to the level of the game that Ralph is at, you know, and for for a, for a fella eating a kebab in row six with a can of Fanta in each hand to tell you, you don't know what you're fucking talking about, you German prick. You what's, know what he I mean? using, like, what's he using to hold a kebab? That's what I was thinking. I was reverting back to you talking about putting your nodger in a hot dog bun. And I was yeah, thinking, I was what's he holding the kebab with if he's holding two cans? He's got big hands. It's um, on the belly. It's resting on the belly in between the tits, isn't it? You know, when you're like, you hear these guys and they're like, you know, this guy hasn't got a fucking clue. And I have to be very, very careful because we all know how outspoken I am. But... Mm. Even when I go to Old Trafford, as much as I'm a fan, I'm still an outsider, so to speak. You know, because I don't necessarily walk and talk a certain way. Um, sure. And and so you've got to kind of guard yourself a little bit. I'm there with reel it in, reel it in slightly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm there with my 14 year old, and we'd like yeah. to make it back to that nice hotel with the swimming pool and stuff like yeah. that, and the, the nice <laughs> rain drop. Yeah, even with half your bottom lip missing, nearly from chewing on it. <laughs> Absolutely, and and you're hearing these guys, and you're like, you know, he hasn't got a fucking clue. And you're like, no, no, hold on here, like this this guy is revered in world football for for his methods and stuff like that. And absolutely, we're not getting the results we 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 want or we wish or we we require at the minute. But that is as much to do with the fucking you know the cards he's been dealt and and what he's been what's been left on the table from. And um, would I want to work with the United squad right now? Absolutely, no chance. Do I think, and, and and again, I know Ian will want to throw young Thomas onto this, but for me, the two best managers in world football are Klopp and Guardiola. Do I think either of the boys would get much more out of that squad? Probably not. And that's how, and I revere those two lads, I have to say. I feel like they're amazing football managers. I've spoken about my admiration for the two of them, although it was very difficult as a United fan. But with the squad and with the attitude and with the way things are, I think if Jesus came in and blessed them 11, we wouldn't get out more out of them. So there has to be a change. Mitchell coming in would be great. Ten Hag coming in would be great. And Ralph going backstage would be great. And that would be a massive power shift in Old Trafford. That would be a massive shift in the way people are thinking about doing business as opposed to the way we do business. You know, there's young Aaron Wambasaki. He's had 17 good games for Crystal Palace. Let's throw 50 million at him even though he couldn't cross at a fucking zebra crossing, right? Now, when he was at Palace, that was very evident. So whoever decided it'll be okay, we'll get him in, you know? We would, as United, be better off going for the opposite, which is a guy who could at least cross the ball but maybe couldn't defend, which is possibly something closer to what we have in a Diogo Dallo because we saw much football. Do you know what I mean? But no. We'll buy the guy that's really defensive, gets to the halfway line, starts losing blood and teeth because he's so defensive, and then is afraid of his life to put a ball in the box because he knows he can't clear the fucking the midget on the eighteen yard line. You know, like it's and and, fl- and flavor of the month at the time. 
you, you tend yeah, to win a boy player sometimes that are flavour of the month that. at the time. Yeah, you've got to be able to see past that, you know. Um, and, and like we've, we've spoken about it here, you know, there's the flavour of the month all the time. Well, listen, if he hadn't have absolutely shot himself in the foot at, at Arsenal, would Aubameyang not be flavour of the month right now? Well, I, I, I'd like to, I'd like to say that as well. He might actually, not even be playing. That's I'm going to, uh, I'm going to surprise you boys here as well. I'm actually not going to disagree with you there, Dazlo, when you mentioned the two managers and Tuchel, and the reason being is because Tuchel hasn't obviously had that level of, um, obviously success that the two boys have had, but also the level of longevity at, at a club. I mean, he's done an amazing job at Dortmund, done an amazing job at Mainz, done an amazing job at PSG. Obviously, left because of that board are fucking mental and they're they're not even a football club they're a shite fucking shy hawk of a of an organization in my opinion especially when you when you when you build the best player of all time you don't deserve him. that's just my two cents um but no too cool for him to get into that bracket now you know he's in danger at the moment of being a cup manager you know what I mean? A bit of cup specialist. And listen, that's what that's what we were in the 90s. Chelsea were the best fucking cup team in the 90s. Um, you know, one of them, obviously not ahead of United, but I mean, we were a cup specialist, you know what I mean? Um, so, uh, yeah, until Tuchel has that, I suppose, that bit of longevity, uh, listen, we know how good he is. He is going to eventually get that. If, if the new if the new board come in and they, they, they kind of do back him in the right way to give him that long-term five-year contract i mean that's that's one thing lads that i am excited about i'm not gonna lie and um, with the end of the uh Abramovich era i'm hoping it's the end of the hiring and firing era i'm hoping that the community you are literally what these fans want you're what we want here's your five-year deal I'll give you i'll give you the director of football that you want that you know that we can work closely with whether that be Peter check who's doing an outstanding job by the way um then happy days. But yeah, I agree. I mean, without a shadow, without Jurgen Klopp and, and Pep Guardiola are the two best managers on the planet. And until, until um, you know, Sir Thomas, uh, and I'll call him that, uh, wins wins a league and stuff like that. And we have that kind of air of dominance where we are the three, you know, competing with you guys and not 15 points behind. Then, you know, the jury's still out. But without a shadow of a doubt, fantastic manager. But yeah, Darren, the two boys are without a doubt the best managers in the Premier League. And it just goes to show you, doesn't it? Especially in Klopp's case, back the manager, let him buy the players that he wants. Don't give him option B. Wait until his option A is available and run with it. And, you know, proof is in the pudding. Yep. Let's, um, let's yeah, finish like it. Pudding. Yeah, oh, let's, only let's... white pudding, though. Let's finish out the show, Darren, quickly with the, the top four race. Is it really down to Spurs and Arsenal at this stage? Um, yeah. I, I have to say, I think this is Arsenal's to lose. Yeah. I really do. I think Arsenal have been in phenomenal form. Um, I think, you know, the, the way they've been able to go through the games and maybe not perform at their maximum but get results is something we haven't seen from Arsenal in the last number of years under yeah. various different managers. Arsenal used to show up week to week under Arsenal Wenger, beat teams 2 0, 3 0, 4 0. Football was amazing. They were a great, great team. But then it started to stall, and then you started seeing them struggle to beat, you know, average teams, and things weren't moving the way they should have been moving. And obviously, then you, you bring a couple of new managers in, and things don't work and whatever. But Arteta looks like he's absolutely got this back on track. He really, really does. All the credit to him. 
um, there's a lot. There's a we, we spoke about there being a nucleus of a really good squad there at Arsenal. Um, I know the the team they set out um, last weekend was the was the youngest in the Premier League this year. Yeah. Um. So I mean, that's that for me. I heard that today, and I went, "Well, really?" And I thought, "Jesus, that could be that could be tricky for us then." You know, if they're a team that are full of all these young exuberant footballers who are playing the game the right way and being allowed to express themselves and stuff like that. And they're only going to get better. They are only going to get better. We look at the boy Ramsdale. You know, I'm a massive fan of the boy Kieran Tierney. The lad Ben White yeah. has done. The lad Ben White has done extremely well for them. We all scoffed at 50 million. We all scoffed at 50 million. The kid has been excellent for Arsenal this season. Excellent, really, really has. And um, I think you know, if you look at Arsenal. Come the summer, if they make two or three really, really good moves, and um, I think they could, I think they could solidify that top four, um, and and make it even more difficult for United or Spurs to get involved in that race if they make two or three really good signings. They need a goal scorer. Yeah, someone needs to borrow one of those cannons from the Russians and get granite jacket in it and fire them out of bleeding the Emirates. Um, because he's an absolute chump liability. Boy, a liability and, and to think it's at one stage they had an armband on that bloke is, that's mm. fucking scary I have to tell you um, because again we spoke about Forrest earlier and, and I'm going to throw Arsenal in there Arsenal are a great club with an awful lot of history you know a hybrid and stuff like that and Arsenal always played football the right way and well, other than the George Graham era which was just get it done 1-0 but you leave know, Georgie out of this, right? <laughs> they were Arsenal have always been a really, really big club and stuff like that. And to see to see someone like Granite Xhaka with the armband on, I don't know how Arsenal fans feel about it, but for me, it doesn't sit well with me. I think the guy is an absolute degenerate, I have to say. He really, really is. Um I just think on the football pitch he makes so many bad decisions. I think he's I, I don't I, I don't even like the guy as a person. I, I, I've never seen him do anything that I thought. He looks like a decent bloke. And there's guys on football pitches who do stuff every day, but I still don't think maybe he's an asshole. Granit Jack is an absolute asshole. He just, he does nothing for me. So Nina said the midfielder going alongside our boy Thomas Partey, who was starting to show the green shoots of um, yeah. of somewhere on the way in the last few weeks. And we've got, obviously, then you get him to that front three or four. You've got Odegaard, you've got uh, Saka, you got Martinelli, you got Smith Rowe. Um, the spine of the team again. If they go get another centre half, they go get another centre midfielder, and they go get you know a, a two good strikers, they're going to give everybody big trouble next season. Can I just say add on to that? Just what Darren was saying, something kind of crossed my mind there. Obviously, you know Arteta played for the club as well, so he would have known Wenger's way and Wenger's vision. Obviously, yeah. Wenger lost the plot a little bit at the end and kind of bowed down to the to the ownership and kind of was all about making the money, which is obviously what a lot of Arsenal fans didn't like. Now, I am in no way, shape, or an Arsenal fan, as you lads know, but I can definitely respect them in terms of what they did as a club and 100% played football in what people consider the right way. I'm always going to be a little bit controversial in, uh, in, in how I see football being played in the right way because I'm such an Italian football fan, so I don't think there's a certain way you have to play it. I think Darren alluded to it earlier. 
with uh, with Atletico Madrid. Look, if it's effective for your club and it's how you play and it works, fair enough. As long as you're only bending the rules a little bit, you know, once you're, once you're playing the game, there's no right way, so to speak. We can't all play like Arsenal and, and City, unfortunately. But um, the point I'm making is I see with Arteta what he's done is he's obviously, you know, he's been under the learning tree then, of course, under Pep. <laughs> Not many better people to be under the learning tree with. Um, and Wenger. He, and he's also played with Rangers and also he, he does have that little bite, you know what I mean? He knows, you know, he's one of the, the one of the continental players that come over and knows and respects that kind of UK way of playing football, you know, that there's a little bit of hardness in it, there's a little bit of stiffness. And uh, what I'm thinking there is if he, if he does make those couple of signings like, the, like Dazzler alluded to, you're looking at kind of the makings of the best of what Wenger had and the best of what, what Pep had in the fact that he's got the young side, because don't forget, Wenger, I think they, they, Arsenal broke a record for playing one of the youngest teams as well back in the 90s. Um, so you can see what he's trying to do here and, and you can see where the method is behind his his his, uh, his vision. And I have to say, like for a man that was getting peppered with, you know, getting out of the club at the start of the season, fair play to him. Um, you know, I know he had a bit of a meltdown last week, which was also nice to see. Just just to see that passion, you know what I mean? For right or wrong, whether you agree or disagree, that's what you want to see. You know what I mean? You want to see that level of frustrations, not coming out and tone the fucking usual lines, answering answer with the same generic fucking bullshit answers that so many managers do. You want to see that. And uh, yeah, look, uh, you know, and it's, you know, like, like you boys, you know, wouldn't be the biggest fans of each other's club. I'm not a fan of Arsenal Football Club uh, in any way, shape or form, but absolutely admire what uh, what 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 he's doing. And I agree, Dazzler, it's in his hands. And uh, if if the, the lesser of the two evils, in my opinion, between Arsenal and Spurs, um, I'm picking Arsenal. <laughs> and it is the lesser of two evils. Yeah. But I'm picking Arsenal based on, yeah, you know, they've, Someone, someone gave me a great stat for all the Spurs fans out there. 16 of the trophies, big trophies won in London over the last 20 years. Um, 16, eight for Chelsea, eight for Arsenal, none for Spurs, but they put Spurs in there anyway, just to show the zero. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's certainly going to be interesting, especially they have a they have, um, they have a London derby coming up against each other as part of the league run-in as well, and that's going to be interesting when he matches himself up against Conte. That's going to be a very interesting dynamic. That'll be exciting. So really looking forward to that. Huh? (laughs) Don't bottle it, Graham. Hi, Graham. (laughs) Oh, great. Well, lads, another great show, as always. Appreciate you both coming on. Um, We won't have a Monday mashup now, I think, for about three weeks. Um, because we um, we don't really cover the international break, but we will be bringing you some very interesting shows, um, a couple of re-releases from the vault, from interviews we did in Legend series and stuff like that. And we're also bringing you a couple of um, interesting combined 11s, I would say, Darren, um, with a slightly different dynamic than what we usually do. Um, yep. these, these ones are going to take a bit of thinking and a bit of thought because um, we've extracted the obvious out of the parameters, I would say. Would you agree? I'm going to. I'm gonna I'm gonna do me homework on this one, Will. Because you know the way I'm always the kid that does their homework on the bus on the way to school. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a bit of homework here. You're gonna do it at home. 
gonna do it sitting in front of the TV on the couch, you know, like like every good kid after their dinner. Because um, yeah. that they should be good shows because there's a there's a nice little bit of a yeah. variety in there for everybody, you know. Yeah, we let we let them know what we're gonna do. What we're gonna do is we're gonna do a Premier League combined eleven for this season, excluding the top six. So we're gonna we're gonna give those other players below the top six their flowers for their performances and, this season. And although we may not deserve it, we are including United in that top six with City and Liverpool and the three London clubs, Chelsea, Arsenal, and Spurs. Yeah. And then we're gonna do a Champions League combined eleven excluding we said I, th- I think we'll be excluding the Premier League teams we'll exclude the Premier League four mm. after the group stages yeah interesting so I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind jumping in for that actually if, if that was alright absolutely if I, you want to put I, your I, I, put I, your 2-11s together plus your bench yeah. and I suppose yeah. we'd have to pick a manager as well Darren wouldn't we so but um, I, I think if anyone is tuned into the show they'll be fairly they'll, they'll, they'll pretty much know they'll whittle our managers down to what maybe one of three I would imagine. Now, in terms of the Premier League. Oh, in terms of the Premier League? Yeah. Yeah, well, two, two in my case. Two at least, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. We like the old sunny south coast, don't we? We do. We do, absolutely, yeah. And obviously, Noel as well. We we had said we'd do something later in the week, obviously, um, as the, the deadline for the, the new owners come in as well. So I'm sure we'll do yeah. that during the week and we'll drop it in, hopefully, before Friday, just to... Mm-hmm. Yeah, once once we once we get an update on what way the ownership is heading, then exactly. what we do is we're gonna do a deep dive into those owners and yeah. the history of what they've done in sports and stuff like that and how it could impact and transcend through football and stuff like that. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So we because this is this is pivotal. I want to say this as Chelsea fans. I am uh, Dazzler in fairness gave me the biggest compliment the other week. Also, we 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 banter each other as much as we banter each other on this show lads we banter each other in life every day way, way harder than this show way they, harder than this they, show there's a lot of people at home and wouldn't be able for our whatsapp group let's be honest no 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 it's no. not and for the faint hearted it's not like your skin literally isn't this nice shiny skin you just have to moisturize it because it's so much I, leather I, that builds I, up I, I suppose I, I suppose to put it out there we start out with a number in our group at the start of the season and we <laughs> rarely finish with that same number <laughs> it whittles down so but dazzler dazzler painted it big, painted big a shout out for to wayne <laughs> who left the building quite recently but uh, the point I was going to make there before we go was uh, obviously um, I'm I'm of the same um, opinion on this one. It'd be easy for me to go, oh, let's get that Saudi money in there. Let's get that Saudi money. Doesn't sit right with me personally because of obviously the geopolitics that's going on over there as well. I'd find it very, very hypocritical of me to say, oh yeah, bring that in while there's shit going on over there. I would rather, and I think this is pivotal, Gary Neville's alluded to it as well this is pivotal that we get the right sort of owners in for the right reasons regardless you know whatever owner comes in they're going to have money but you want your football club to be run the right way whether that's with the FSG model of kind of being more brand aware and, and, and buying players in for the right reasons I think the days of just selling to any random fucker um, like Newcastle have done recently and not in the media um, are gone and I think that's why it's important that we, we kind of talk about that, Noel, and do a deep dive into the potential, you know, repercussions. Darren's licking his lips here to jump in. I know where it is. Go on. 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 Go on
I I just like to garnish that with if the uh, if the Saudi media corporation don't uh, manage to get over the line their Chelsea bid, they can absolutely make a phone call to the Fat Yanks and and come and take over Old Trafford. We are a okay with Saudi money. You can stone anybody the fuck you want. I will line fuckers up outside Old Trafford for you. If you're going to bring that Premier League trophy back to our stadium, I will let you literally give you the keys to my mother-in-law's bedroom and you can do as you please. And that just goes to show you that anyone would have, would, anyone would have taken Abramovich back in the day and it's all been jealousy all along. <laughs> I, I don't think we can end the show on a, a more sombre thought, really. Um, till next time, <laughs> till, till next time, folks. Of course, drop your comments down below. Let us know what you thought of the show. Um, Hands off our Saudis. <laughs> yeah. I, I was only trying to come across as nice. Fuck it. I want the Saudis. <laughs> I think when we do that deep dive show, we might have to bring Darren on for that one, actually. Yeah. It might not just be me and you, Ian, because um, so. he, he might have a very different opinion. And, and hey, listen, there's problems with the American models as well. They're not squeaky clean either. You know, there's a lot of problems going through them. If you're, if you're a billionaire, trust me, just look up a mafia movie and see where the money potentially came from. Yeah, there's normally a head at the bottom of any boot that's a millionaire for they would have shot over there. Check out New York Harbor. Till next time, my friends. A pleasure. Cheers, guys. Thanks, lads. <laughs>